Welcome to episode 8 of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, aka at that Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, aka Agent Relic on Twitter. And today we got kind of a psychological horror slash spiritual thriller episode. I tried. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you tried, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh... It's We got, a, we got a, a kind of conglomeration of things today. We're kind of... This week we were prepping for, uh, we have a special guest coming on the show next week, and so we kind of uh, put together some stuff that that we had uh, watched recently and everything, and it kind of turned out to be a, a thriller-ish episode. Yeah, in the, in the early concept of this, it was called the Frankenstein episode because it's just a conglomeration of random stuff, <laughs> but yeah, we, we managed to actually make it seem like a regular episode. <laughs> Yeah, we sort of did. I, 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 not to pat ourselves on the back, but I'm pretty proud of us. You know, I think we did good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, our first, uh, our first film, the one we both have seen uh, on this episode, is The Lodge, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. Yeah, and I was uh, curious, uh, country of origin. Yeah. So those are definitely. Uh... Austria? I'm not like. sure. I yeah, I apologize for the names as usual. This is an Austrian. Yeah, Austrian film. Psychological. Okay. Psychological horror film. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's it. I didn't I didn't realize that. But yeah. I and I uh I man, I really liked this. It uh it starts out with a an extremely shocking event to open the movie. And my jaw hit the floor. Yeah. And uh, well, me and Nick talked about it before the episode. Probably one of the most shocking movies from last year. One of the most shocking moments in in a in a movie from last year. Yeah, I I, I literally had to pause the movie and like. Yeah, we did too. Me and Jess watched it together. We paused it and we're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So this movie definitely. But we'll let you for the discover that the faint. Yeah, for the faint of heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like yeah, we'll let you discover that twist. But it's uh, us even saying gonna hit that, you hard. Yeah, us even saying that kind of um, I don't know. You told that, me that because you, you saw it before me. To yeah. be fair, and you told me that exact thing, and it didn't ruin it for me. So that's why I worried it that way. Yeah, like even if you're expecting it, it's still shocking. I think just yeah, the, I think it it's is. the way it's shot too. Like the way it's directed is just. I don't know. I never seen it done like that before, and I think it really it's it's effective, and I think that's what they it's were going for, yeah. and uh, it sets exactly. the tone for the whole movie. It definitely does, and you know, yeah, you know when that happens that quickly into the movie that you're in for a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But basically, uh, you're there's a guy named what was the what's the uh, Richard Hall is the guy's name, who is basically. He's writing a book about an extremist Christian cult. And during his, his research for this book, he meets a young woman by the name of Grace Marshall, who was a survivor of this cult's mass suicide. The only survivor. The sole survivor. Yeah. Uh, it's worth noting, too, that the cult was led by her father. So she's like the daughter of the leader of the cult. And... So Richard and uh, and his two kids, uh, he informs his two kids that he is going to marry Grace. Yes. And 
this news does not sit well with them. Um, and so they go, the dad thinks that they need a little bonding time. You know, they just, they'll come around, they just need to spend some time around Grace and they'll like her. So he plans a trip uh, for Christmas. Then the kids and him and Grace are going to go to the family's like super remote uh, lodge in the woods and have some some family bonding time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you explained that pretty, pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back or anything, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'll let you dive into what, like what happens once they get to the lodge. Well... So, or anything I may have missed. Yeah, you know? I think like the kids are so like they don't like that the dad's moving on from their mom. And kids also, before they leave for the lodge, find out about Grace's past and kind of use that as like a reason their dad shouldn't be with her. Right. Yeah, so when they get there, uh, they they play uh, hard to win over a little bit. Yeah, definitely. The kids are not having grace. You know, they're not about it. They were already kind of not about it, and then they found out about how she was part of the the cult and stuff, and then they were really not about it. Yeah. And so yeah. they're very like kind of negative towards grace. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a straight up like psychological because it's. I mean, I guess it's a horror film, really. I mean, or like a... Thriller. It is. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's horror, but it's very slow burn, like, psychological horror. Like, it's not it's not a movie that, that is going to have jump scares. It doesn't have jump scares every 10 minutes, you know, and like... It's all atmosphere. Not that kind of horror. And the atmosphere yeah, they exactly. build is incredible, honestly. Like, that's... Yeah, agreed. I think the movie just has... It has a very... It's a very nice, like, feel to it. Like, like a atmosphere, like a... I don't know. Yeah, I don't you're, know. there's moments in, while you're watching this that you're going to feel very stressed out and uncomfortable. Intentionally so, you know? And I just, I think the tone of the of, of it all and the, the way it's all shot and presented just really sells the, like, I think the, the dreadful atmosphere. Yeah, the Christmas time, too, um, like... Yeah, the snow, the snow and everything. It, like, makes it, it's, it's a very cold, like, you know, it's bleak. Makes it bleak, bleak I think yeah. is a good word. Yeah. Yeah, but they get there and like they try to bond a little bit. Uh they um go ice. What are they, what are they doing out on the ice again? And then uh Grace ends up falling through the ice. Are you know, ice fishing or skating? They're ice skating. I think right? they're ice skating, yeah. And then she ends yeah. up falling through and that's like I don't know, you could see the kids. I did not want her to get out of there. <laughs> right. What weird, but they're like... Yeah, in a dark way, yeah, they were kind of like... They kind of look at each other and her, you know? And then the dad's freaking out, and then they kind of help, you know? But it was like they thought about it for a second. Longer yeah. than they, they probably should have, you know? <laughs> this movie does a smart job of, like, playing with your expectations and, like, what you think... Because, like, it sets Grace up, like, from the get-go. Like, she's the only survivor of that suicide pact at the, the cult. Right. So. Right. Like, is she a bad person? Like, did she do something that, like, I don't know, I guess. 
it sets her up to be the evil person, but also like it plays with the kids being not the best either. Yeah, it very much plays with with kind of uh, it kind of leaves it up to you to decide who the bad guy is throughout the movie as you're watching it. You know, like yeah. it's not set in stone if 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 the kids are kind of in the wrong or if Grace is kind of in the wrong. It's very much all in a gray area. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, the ending that I mean, it'll. It'll yeah, the ending is gonna gonna swing you one way or the other, but we won't say what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I really uh. So actually, a few days into it, right, the the dad leaves to go back. Yeah, he does to go back to work or something. He said he'll be back in like two days' time, and like they don't have their phones aren't working, right? And, yep, phones aren't yeah, working. There's a so storm and stuff, a winter storm. It's like the dad's trying to call and check in on them, and they're just you know they have no idea yeah and they kind of this is when the the uh meat of the movie really takes off is once the dad dips out yeah then it's just the kids and grace yeah exactly they're all in the house by themselves, and you got this you've already had this whole setup of of the tension between them and everything and then you just get to see it play out with nobody there to stop it yeah, like uh, the daughter. So there's two kids. Um, their names are Aiden and Mia. And Mia like won't eat. And uh, Aiden is very cold as well. He uh, yeah, he won't even talk. Like like Grace will be saying something to him, and he'll just say one word or not say anything at all. It, <laughs> like it seems like Grace is trying to do her best, but the kids are just giving it no effort at all. You know. Yeah, it seems like she's putting forth an effort, you know, and is is trying to 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 make it clear that that she wants to be their friend to them, you know, and that she wants to get along with them, but they're just not receiving that. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know plot-wise how much further we we go, but uh I mean, they are not nice to Grace throughout the course of this movie, and I think that Grace even though she's well-meaning, I think it, at a point she's not so nice to them either, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's kind of, uh, like, the this movie walks that line the whole way t- till the end, you know, of, like, I kind of switched sides, honestly, throughout me, it. Me too. At, like, some points even, I would be like, even oh, I, in I the think... the ending, I was like, wait, is this, you know, is this, the, what, what I'm, is what I'm seeing accurate? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and you don't know, it, it definitely messes with your head, you know? Like, you don't know if what your, if your take on it is correct until it, you know? And like you said, even at the end, you're still, you still question it a little, but it's a little more clear at the end, you know? Like, Grace is on uh, medication, and at some point it goes missing i can't remember does it show the it co- well because it's not just her medication right doesn't she she wakes up and like all her shit's gone her dog and her yeah. clothes and like everything is yeah gone. her suitcase and then like the the little girl's doll is gone too like her uh yeah yeah that's right the little girl's doll of grace correct yeah. it's kind of it's not of grace but it's very similar looking to grace the doll is yeah <laughs> yeah and and so it's like a lot of stressful events happen while they're at the cabin that really like 
builds the tension that was already set in the first half you know it's like the tension honestly never stops climbing in this movie yeah i was just gonna say it's it's a perfectly paced thriller too like this is i mean one of the best thrillers of 2020 yeah because it was it's a 2020 film right yeah yeah february 7th uh wide release so yeah but at 108 minutes you know it's it's very very well paced yeah definitely i think it doesn't feel like an almost two hour movie you know it feels like it rolls along and stuff's happening that's keeping you interested constantly and i think the way it plays with your head helps with that a lot you know and the ending in my opinion is just great it's great it's insane yeah it's great (laughs) definitely and the performances definitely like empower all of this to happen right because everybody in it's great yeah and it's really, I mean, it's the three of them, almost the entire It's movie. really a combination of perfect elements, right? The setting, the the tone, the the, the acting, the all of it, the writing. The direction, like the, the camera yeah, exactly. work, the, the music. It's it's all like a perfect equation, you know, that that uh is really something special, I think. Yeah. Def definitely highly recommend. I don't know if we mentioned it's on Hulu. Yeah, it is. It's on Hulu. We didn't say that. It's on Hulu. I don't think it's on anything else. Uh, yeah, you could buy having to like yeah. Pay to rent say, or you buy could it. buy a Blu-ray of it. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, yeah. For streaming though, it's Hulu's your your option, and I definitely recommend this. I think Hulu's in general becoming one of my favorite streaming services just because they have a lot of great great stuff on there. Yeah. Well, we've actually got a slew of uh, of follow up films today. This is going to be a, you know, you're going to come out of this episode with a lot of recommendations, you know? Yeah, and I think um, I should go next, because I feel like mine, it ties in very well to Yeah, to yeah, 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 I think uh, your your first one here uh, is going to tie in great with the Lodge, so hit us with it, Nick. Uh, it is Brian Bertino's The Dark and the Wicked, which is on, I have the Blu-ray, but I believe it's on um, Shutter, right? You said it's on Shutter? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's on okay. Shutter. Yeah, because you, you had started it at some point. And... Yeah, I, th- I started it way too late at night, and I ended up falling asleep. Because <laughs> it's a, it's another like kind of slow burn psychological horror thing, uh, uh, and, it, also, and I just started it way too late. You tried watching it with Jess and... Yeah, I did minutes. start it one time with Jess, and my wife is not into the the uh, haunting type movies. Like the paranormal yeah. activity stuff, the, anything that has to do with spirits or anything like that, she's out. And a chair moved by itself and she's like, yeah, we could turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, I literally, after you said that you shut it off, I went and watched it and I was like, you yeah. scared of that? <laughs> like, the ch- like, how's that scary? <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it's, uh... It seemed good, though, from what I started. Yeah, it's um pretty solid. I, I definitely have some issues with it i think it's very slow almost to its detriment at times and it's very derivative of other stuff i've seen which hurts it but i think it's uh it's got some really really cool sequences and i wreck you know at 90 i think it's like 90 minutes yeah it's yeah, it's fairly short it's a good watch um but it's about the this uh i guess Luis and what's the so it's a daughter and a son go back to their where they grew up like their farmhouse yeah like a like a brother and a sister go back to uh yeah 
hate their care. mom's farmhouse, their family yeah. farm, and their their father is very very sick, and he is pretty much on his deathbed, I guess. And they think it they think it's something like paranormal going on there, because like the the mom is starting to see stuff too, and act erratic and. It has a very similar shocking scene as The Lodge. So if you've seen The Lodge and you know the shocking scene that we're talking about, this one also has something very, very similar, and it's... Okay. That shit insane. Like, and we, we talked about on the Color Out of Space, the cutting off the finger things. There's some of that in this, and they're like... Okay. <laughs> this, like, Color Out of Space, the chopping off the finger is like a seven this is like a fucking 20 out of 10 like it's like man it's like chop 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 oh man <laughs> and it's crazy but uh yeah, it's, yeah it's, you're selling me hard on this i want to watch yeah this, th- that's what i'm saying there's there's some like really really cool sequences in this movie i think and they're very very unnerving and hard to watch at times and totally i think it it works but the story is very very light and it's very predictable where it's gonna go and yeah the, the ending tries to lean into shock value a little bit and i thought it didn't work with one particular ending because multiple characters have different endings and i think there was just one that was just like the shock value didn't work for me didn't work yeah yeah i'm just just kind of missed a mark yeah but uh I mean, this this sounds sick. Like how you just said, all the characters have different endings and stuff. Like that interests the hell out of me. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's also like this religious angle because like the family isn't really religious, so they don't you know think it's like the devil or anything like that. But like right. the the church, the leader of the church, like visits them and whatever, and they like start taking to it because of the dad being sick, and then like right. They're, they're essentially grasping onto that. There's 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 a little play on religion there. Yeah, his dad shouldn't have made that uh, deal with the devil thirty yeah. years ago. You know, deal with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah to... this this sounds cool. Like, is it is it um jump scary or is it like a, no. a creep? No, it's creepy. No? It's okay. creepy. Like, there's parts where uh, the dad is up and walking even though like they know he's sick in bed like the the daughter's in the shower and she hears someone in the bathroom with her and she opens the like the shower curtain and there's her dad and he's like zombified like what the he fuck? looks like he's dead so it's like plays with your head on what's actually real and what they're seeing yes like these these people are going insane just like the lodge like the people are going crazy from being in the isolated atmosphere i think Okay. That's yeah, why I said yeah, that, that they actually pair pretty well together, and it has a double feature. They might work because they're very similar. Yeah, in it seems style. like this has the like the like family trauma stuff too a bit. Yeah. So that kind and kind of both are are similar to like hereditary or something like. That. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this sounds vein, cool. In the vein and Brian Bertino, man, he's awesome. Vein of hereditary. Hereditary. I know a lot of people may not agree with that statement, though. I don't. I think there's a divided uh, opinion of Brian Bertino's films. Brian Bertino. Aside from maybe The Strangers, yeah. yeah. But... I, I, even The Strangers is a little bit divided. I think a lot of people yeah. are like. Oh, I'm a huge fan, though. 
Yeah, me too. I like that movie a lot. A lot of people are like, oh, the characters are unrealistic, and that a lot of people love it because the characters behave semi-realistically. I don't know. Yeah. It's a very... That and the monster. I like them both. And I want to see Mockingbird. Yeah. And then this. And that's all that he's done, right? That's all. Yeah, I think that's all he's done. As far as like directing, I think that's all he's done. But yeah, this sounds cool, man. I'm, uh, and I like the rural kind of setting to it. Yeah, I, I like think you would really like stuff. it. The, the southern aspect to it, or like the yeah, very, yeah like country farmhouse. Thing. Yeah, the backwoods cool. sort of feel to it. You know, I like those those backwoods horror movies, especially since I live in the middle of nowhere. And it has that <laughs> that religious. Yeah, I mean, it really honestly has a lot in similar to the lodge with like the religious angle, the uh, isolated area. Yeah. A lot of the head games sort of thing. Very, very tense atmospheres. I'm sold, man. I got it. I got, and I liked what, like I said, what little I watched. And Except for the chair. I'd like to go back and... I Hey, I liked the chair. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, so yeah. Cool. I liked the way it was shot, too. Yeah. Because it was like, you hear it happening, but you don't see it until the camera cuts to her turning around and it's moved. Yeah, the sound... Is, you know it moved, you know? The sound design of this is pretty, pretty great all around, honestly, I think. Like, the music and the... Like, just... Yeah, that's what five minutes into the movie because I, it's about as far as we made it, if that. Yeah. And like, I was like, man, that's a cool shot sequence. Like, that was smartly done the way they did it the, already. The, the the chair returns a few times, so uh, he'll likely get. Your Does chair. it? Oh, <laughs> Return of the Chair. I'm here <laughs> yeah, for the, it. Yeah, the chair the chair might be the serial killer that's killing. I'll get my fill of furniture. <laughs> yeah, on this. Yeah, when are we doing an episode on Killer Couch? That's what I want to know. Killer Couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got uh. Let's go back and forth here, since we have four this time. I've got uh, one that I think would follow up pretty decently with that, since you kind of get the uh, the playing with the head game, you know, the playing with the mind of what's real and what's not. With uh, the Adam Egypt Mortimer directed, Daniel isn't real. Uh, Streaming and you on Shutter. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, no uh is it shutter it's I'm not sure you watched it i think it's prime it's prime video <laughs> it's a uh, prime video that daniel isn't real is on yeah <laughs> i'll verify as i'm going along here daniel isn't real though is a kind of a fantasy thriller it's about a a college student named luke and he uh has the family trauma thing too like it has been a, a common thematic here in the lodge and with um dark and the wicked He's got some dark family past, and he has a uh, imaginary friend, as a lot of kids do. Yeah. Always a and, good premise for a horror movie, imaginary friends. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is one of the more unique ones I've seen. He, um, he has this imaginary friend named Daniel, and he finds Daniel right at the beginning of the movie. You see how he, he meets Daniel. Uh, there's like a mass homicide in a restaurant. I think... I don't want to stick too far in this and make it look like we didn't do our research, but it's also on Shutter, so this is on multiple streaming services. Oh, okay, also cool. On well, AMC. no, that's dope. It's on AMC Plus as well. Yeah, anything on Shutter you can get through that. That's what I swapped to actually, because it's like I felt a better deal for me. But neither here nor there. But it is on yeah AMC Plus, Shutter, and Amazon Prime. Looks like. I'd say I don't think um, it's on Prime from what I'm looking at, but. Oh really? Yeah. Man. I really yeah, missed I'll, the mark I'll verify with this. for you. Keep <laughs> yeah, Just, yeah, cool. yeah. Man, I really, I really fucked that up, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so he he meets Daniel at the 
the site of this mass homicide, Luke does. He kind of, his mom and dad are arguing when he's a kid, and he wanders down the road a little and sees the guy who shot all the people and then himself in this, uh, in this diner. And all of a sudden, a young boy named Daniel shows up next to him, and that's his new imaginary friend that's there. And he's, you kind of see him be best friends and do the typical imaginary friend stuff for a little while. And then uh, Daniel starts suggesting Luke do some things that are, you know, not necessarily good things that he should be doing, <laughs> such as uh, making his mom a smoothie, but putting her entire bottle of medication in it what? at one time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she drinks it and is like crawling down the hallway, can't even walk. And it's at this point that his mom realizes Daniel is an issue. We need to do something about Daniel. And because he keeps saying Daniel made him do it. And so they lock Daniel away in a dollhouse inside of his, this house. Inside Let of their me... house. The, okay, I, the, this is the last time we will say it, but it's not on Amazon Prime. It is only on Shutter Name C. But is Daniel like, can you see him or it like. Yes. Okay, so the you viewer, can see the viewer, the can mom see can't him. see Daniel. Okay, that's yeah, what I was gonna the viewer ask because it made it almost. You make it sound. You made it sound like you could see him, but you keep saying imaginary. So I was like, are you we seeing this guy or? <laughs> yeah, you see Daniel as the viewer, oh, okay. but it's it's just his imaginary friend. So nobody else but you and Luke see the oh. see. Because you said you locked you know. him away. I was like, how do you know that they locked him away, or is it like? <laughs> yeah, it, you you see it like he's like they're standing in the hallway there, and his mom is like, he's got to go, he's got to go, and. Luke cool. says, "Like See, you got to get in the house." Like that's not a bit. I'm trying to think of other movies that have done imaginary friends that you actually see the imaginary friend. Like I mean, I yeah, it's like, definitely like Sixth Sense or something, but like obviously this is not done like that. Yeah, that's one reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's just very like unique, I think, in its take of this of this whole something that's I think been done quite a bit is the imaginary friend thing, and I think this one's really unique and it's from the producers of mandy if that helps oh. sell anybody on it yeah um, yeah i'd already wanted to see this but um i also think like telling you he's imaginary from the get-go because like they could have played it as like a twist you know and like right telling is he a you, real kid or not yeah and like telling you from the get-go is also very uh it's very bold and opens up the story i think a lot yeah for sure and they like i don't know the pacing is really good because you're kind of dropped right into the him being a kid and, and see you see where it all stems from and then you catch up with luke in present time as he's in college and he's kind of having issues he's having trouble coping and uh he goes to see his therapist and his therapist suggests he, he tells his therapist about his past and he tells him about daniel and how they locked him away and stuff or whatever and, and uh that he thinks it's kind of silly. It was just an imaginary friend. His therapist, his therapist says, "No, I think this is uh, an angle you should try to reopen, you know, and and revisit." And so he goes to his mom's house and <laughs> digs out the key and opens the dollhouse. And sure enough, Daniel's still in there. Only Daniel is the same age as Luke now. Oh, that's because interesting. Because he's inside his mind, right? So he ages with him. Yeah. And uh, so he's the same age as Luke now, too. And the the idea is he spent all these years inside that house, sitting there waiting on Luke to come back. 
and there's kind of some uh tension over that you know i mean obviously this has been like a long time this has been 15 years probably and so how old is luke now he's a college freshman so he's probably like 19 and they still have the dollhouse in the same spot yeah because so uh i guess this won't matter if i tell you some of luke's his his mom and dad divorced right when he's really young and his dad left this giant house to them and uh when he left because he there he was a lawyer so he had a lot of money and when he left and kind of he dipped out of of uh, luke's life a lot and so the the mom kind of has always had mental problems too yeah. And so she never really like changed anything in the house. She kind of just lived her own kind of very meager existence over these years. And the dollhouse is still in the exact same spot and everything. It's collected, it's covered in dust and stuff. I mean, you could it looks like it's been sitting there a long time, but it is still there. And uh I kind of I don't want to go too much further into it. Luke meets a girl uh and Daniel is helping him out with tips on how to talk to the girl and daniel is almost like luke's cool alter ego but he's his imaginary friend right but he talks to him in his head to help him get through situations that he would have struggled with otherwise yeah and so then there becomes this uh man i don't want to ruin it i there's a i think that's enough i think i've said enough yeah and it's it's the one thing I did leave out is that um, the stars of this film, uh, Miles Robbins, is Tim Robbins' son, like Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Daniel is played by Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. And uh, one interesting uh, piece of trivia I had found for this is that Arnold actually watched this movie after it came out and uh he said he watched it with patrick and while there's a there's a scene where patrick uh is naked <laughs> and he said it was a uh, wild and an experience and a half is his quote <laughs> seeing his son patrick naked on the screen <laughs> uh, also i thought it was cool that uh patrick schwarzenegger before he took this role before he uh you know, they, they filmed it. He said he went and studied a lot of Nicolas Cage performances and kind of, I can see that. He kind of channels Nicolas Cage here a little bit. And I think it's a great performance from both both of the leads. And also it's worth mentioning that uh, Mary Stuart Masterson plays Luke's mom. And she's like a famous actress, been in all kinds of stuff. Some kind of wonderful fried green tomatoes, Stepford Wives. Mary Benny and June. Stewart Masterson. Yeah, she's been in ton of ton of films. She was huge in like the eighties and and nineties. Even st- I think started out in the seventies. But no relation. She's uh, to, she's been in a lot of stuff. The what? The chick on the Walking Dead. It's it's irrelevant. There's a Masterson <laughs> on the on the Walking Dead. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And it's also, I think you knew the director, right, of this? Did, hadn't he done something else that you had seen? And, oh, uh, um, Arch Enemy. I haven't seen it yet, but... Uh... Oh, yeah, Arch Enemy. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, and he did a segment in that anthology uh, holidays, that anthology yep. movie holidays. Yep. Did the New Year's Eve one. But... 
yeah, I really like this. And I think it's a, a really brilliant and well-made uh, thriller. And it's like, it t- it goes to a lot of places you wouldn't expect it to go. Yep. And I definitely recommend it. It's uh, also produced by uh, Frodo. No. Yeah, I yeah, mean, by Elijah. That's right, there, Elijah Wood. There's man. a lot of Frodo on this podcast, I've noticed. Like, yeah. I think, like he might be the most recurring... <laughs> We've Until talked, we get into to Larry Fessenden, which we will eventually. At but, some point, we'll talk about you know. Larry Fessenden. <laughs> I mean, Frodo's shown up in four or five episodes already. This, yeah, he has. And we've it. even talked about doing an episode of, of just his movies. So there we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else do you have that, uh, that you want to tag behind this? I have the 2021 Wrong Turn reboot. Okay. I, I haven't seen this yet, but I've heard... Uh, mixed things on the internet, and so I'm curious to see what you thought. This is what I'm going to say right off the bat. So it's a reboot of the Wrong Turn series. Throw that out the window. Like, don't go into it expecting a Wrong Turn movie, because it's not. That's what I've heard, is it's totally different. And I think it hurts expectations if you think of it as a Wrong Turn movie. Because with, right. if you ta- if you strip that away, I think it does interesting things. Like... So it's essentially, the movie opens with a dad. He is searching for his daughter who went hiking on a, a trail in rural Virginia. And oh, there we go. We got that, that, southern, that southern rural setting. I'm here for it. Yeah. Oh, no, you're going to love this. I think you, you're going to love this movie. <laughs> but uh, so she went missing, and because like her and him were close. So, like, she would keep, like, calling to check in to make sure that she was okay and whatever. And she stopped. So, like, it was weeks. But the movie cuts back and forth between the two of them. So it then cuts back to the the daughter who is going hiking with her boyfriend and two other couples, I believe. So there's six total. And Yeah, and the the town is very um, backwoodsy, redneck sort of so like these people are like because they go to a bar and uh one of the people tells them because they say that they're gonna go hiking and one of the ladies uh i believe it's actually outside they're like buying something at a garage sale or something she tells them to not go off the path off like the hiking path because yeah you know some bad things will happen so uh naturally they go hiking, and... Of course. And, what else would they do, right? If one, of, <laughs> one of them suggests, hey, let's go off the beaten path. <laughs> and what do you know, or what do you think happens? Man. <laughs> then they all go, and uh, it starts off with um, a tree falls down and, like, goes down the hill and ends up killing one of them. So, like, this is a complete and utter accident. Like... Oh, okay. So you're like, wait. Is the movie not because like wrong turn? You're thinking the cannibals and the, or they're not cannibals. They're like, oh wait, are they cannibals? Yeah, yeah, like cannibal mutants or whatever. Yeah, they're like mutant things. But uh, so you're like, wait, like he just died from a log rolling down a hill. Like that's a complete accident. So like, is there? Right. And the movie does play with that conception a lot like the you know is it the town's yes, this sounds like a cool take on it to me yeah it is but i feel like it, it's definitely hurt by being a wrong turn film because in what it does in the second half is 
straight up where it's vastly different yeah um so i guess i'll try to lead into it without spoiling it but one of them gets kidnapped by these people and they have like costumes on and like they look i mean you're not sure who they are essentially yeah but uh the imdb description calls them the foundation yes um so one of them is kidnapped by this found like the these couple members of the foundation and uh he's being hauled back and the other people in the group see him being hauled back so they like stop uh stop these people to like get their friend back and yeah the foundation is like they don't know what's going like they they end up killing the people in the foundation because they think that he's being kidnapped but it, it turns out to be a miscommunication i guess you'd say oh man and that leads into the rest of the movie okay and the man, second, i'm here for this yeah the second half goes into some places and then it, it cuts back to like the dad and he's still so like eventually the, the the two stories will clash of the dad finding them and what happened to them i guess yeah, and the original writer of of the original Wrong Turn actually wrote this also. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I was curious about that. Like, why did they call it Wrong Turn? Because it it has the spirit of Wrong Turn, I think. Like, because of the... yeah, maybe that's they wanted to they wanted to reboot it in spirit, but have it be a little different. So maybe they could, maybe yeah. is this more? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Maybe so they could do more with it. Is this yeah, more? Yeah, there's like more drama to it, and. There's one part that I don't like, and uh, this trope, I don't get why it started, but uh, something happens. Um, People are killed, whatever. It turns out to be, like, a fake, a fake out. Like, it never happened. It happened inside this person's head. And it's... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, like... It's not a spoiler, I guess. But, like, something... It happens once in the movie, and I'm like, why? Like why I don't yeah I hate when horror movies do that and I think thought that that was kind of cheap it's like a it's like a cheap gimmick I guess you'd say to give it more violence I guess you'd say yeah for when sure when it didn't need it I don't think but uh yeah I, I'm interested though to see this this sounds kind of sick like a cool reimagining of it and a couple of my friends I that I have talked to about it outside of you they both liked it also so yeah, I mean I, yeah I think if you go into it not expecting a wrong turn like the classic wrong turn movies you're gonna like it yeah, and i think they kind of exhausted what they could they needed to yep. do something different because they kind of exhausted what they could do they made like what five or six of those other wrong turn yeah, movies i, I mean they like, had done that to death you know yeah they were done like six and like honestly even they got bad <laughs> yeah some of them are <laughs> some of them i are. i stopped watching them so i can't say for sure after like i think i watched like the first three i actually four. didn't think five was that bad but uh yeah i don't uh, i don't know if i saw four or five yeah i'm trying to think of I don't think I've seen them all. I've definitely seen the first one in five. Yeah, this seems like a cool kind of reimagining of it. And it's the guy who wrote it, wrote the original. And he also, for what it's worth, a movie I watched a year or so ago called Fractured on Netflix that I thought was phenomenal. The writing was what was phenomenal about it. So I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, great performances from everyone around it. It's, I mean, it goes places you wouldn't expect from a movie with the name Wrong Turn. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> right. Right. You thought, cause it, I, well, when I think of Wrong Turn, I honestly think of the second one, the Joe Lynch one. 
because uh what's his name like basically fist fights one of the mutants i can't think of the actor that plays the role but there's uh he's like a badass the henry rollins that's the guy henry rollins like basically boxes one of the mutants in the, in the second one and that's kind of where my mind always goes yeah. this is <laughs> honestly i would consider it like a realistic take like if this if the mutants were actually real i guess right in it a more grounded approach yeah and it's definitely like a horror movie but i think it, it has a little bit of like of a dram- dramatic aspects too like drama and see like and i think that's cool that's something a lot more horror is doing i think where there's more characterization and i think that helps it yeah and they like tried to flush out the world and like the the, the foundation itself and like what it is and what it's doing and so. yeah see and that's cool too could help the longevity of it maybe they'll make more you know if they have a good well, no pun intended, but a good foundation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be interested to see because I think, I think it's been mixed, like the response, because like people going in expecting one thing and getting right, another. expecting, yeah, exactly. And I feel that, like, yeah, that may have hurt them with the name. I feel like they should have just called it the foundation and just left out wrong turn, and people would be like, "This is sick." Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, but they're going into it now expecting I, wrong turn. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a perfect movie, but it's a solid. Yeah, I'm gonna watch point. this. Where'd you yeah. watch it? What's it on? Uh, uh, it is. I don't believe it's on streaming. Um, I bought the Blu-ray, okay. but it's yeah, it's really new. You could buy it on. I don't know if it was. Yeah, you could buy it on okay Vod or the Blu-ray. Cool, cool. I think yeah, it's like I'm only gonna, like I'm gonna get this. It's like it's only like ten bucks, I think, to buy. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Not bad at all then. Yeah, I want to watch this for sure uh seems right up my alley like something i would like yeah especially with like the, the southern sort of you like that yeah i like any kind of rural yeah backwoods set type movies the ending is very uh i won't say anything <laughs> <laughs> it, it, i was gonna say it was reminiscent of something but then i was like i don't want it to i don't want to give you a conception of what the ending <laughs> of what's gonna happen yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> better experience i don't i don't think that thing is well i'm not over the moon about it but i think it's 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 worth watching well i brought my fourth uh or our fourth for the for the episode i guess for our personal picks uh my second is a movie called the perfection uh it's actually imdb calls it a 2018 looks like it came out in 2019 wide release here but i just saw it recently and what drew me to it was Allison Williams, the the one of the leads in it. Uh, I recognized her immediately from from the TV show Girls on HBO and from Get Out. And in Get Out, she is the girlfriend uh, Rose uh, of the main character that Daniel Kaluuya plays. Yeah, and I liked her in that, and I liked her in Girls, and I was like, I, that that was enough, you know. And the premise sounded cool because it's like basically she's a a musician and just the picture has like a the poster on netflix has a has a uh picture of her like behind a bloody violin and it's just very appealing looking interesting there's not a lot of like music based horror so that was interesting so when i looked it up um i thought that was a sword <laughs> not a violin <laughs> oh yeah yeah me. i could yeah. see that yeah it's an it's i don't it's not a violin it's like the i'm not good with musical instruments but it's like the bigger violin Oh, it's a cello. Cello? Yes, cello. cello. Yeah, cello. Or a bass. Uh, a stand-up bass. One of the two. 
Yeah, it, no, it's a cello. That's what it is. Once you said that, that's definitely it. Uh, and so she's like a, uh, the Allison Williams in this is a girl named Charlotte, and she's basically a prodigy, right? She's this, this school that she's going to, the name escapes me at the moment, not that important, but it's like a boarding school, like a music boarding school, basically. It's Bakoff. Like, yeah, Bakoff, there we go. She's like one of their star students, star pupils, you know, and there is an accident. And she is, I guess, not a spoiler. She, it's, it happens early on in the movie. So I'm going to tell you that it, she loses a, a limb. And that's why she can no longer be a star cello player. Because that's kind of required, you know? Yeah. And so she can't like hold it up anymore. And she, she is kind of shunned from the school almost. Well... She comes back for an event and meets this new shining student uh, named Elizabeth. And she's kind of almost filled her role to an extent, you know. And uh, they kind of hit it off immediately, though. You can tell they're both very similar and both they both play the cello. They both are super into the same stuff. And so they decide to go on a little trip together and hang out because they they party together right at the beginning and they get along and stuff and they go on a bus ride together and during this bus ride uh elizabeth feels sick she like is about to throw up and there's like it's worth mentioning that there is some sort of virus or plague or something going around uh at this time in europe where they're at and so they're like, when she's sick, they're a little nervous of that, right? She ends up throwing up on the bus, and there are, like, maggots and, like, worms and stuff in her throw-up. <laughs> and it's a hardcore scene, man. It hits you hard on this bus when she pukes, and there's worms all over the window and stuff. Everybody on the bus is freaking out. And so they get off the bus, and the worms are like crawling all over the girl's arm and stuff as they're on the side of the road and all over her face and her head and stuff and like inside her skin or whatever and i i don't know how much further i want to go with telling you this because this is kind of the moment in the movie where everything uh falls everything into place changed. and takes off yeah that's right why, where why, everything changes why is it called the perfection uh, because this school is very, I'd compare this school to like the Whiplash, like how they, how oh, fucking okay. hardcore they are in Whiplash about music. Yeah. Th this entire school is like that. Every student there is expected to be like that teacher's kids in that, in that movie. Like, this is like only the best of the best, like prestigious, you know, or whatever. They're like up their own ass too about it. Like they think that they're the end all be all of like music schools. And maybe they are, but you know, in this world. But I mean, it's very, uh, feels pretentious, the school and stuff. Like it's one of those kind of uppity, uh, boarding schools that only fosters the best of the best. And if you're not perfect, you get kicked out and bad things happen to you. Yeah. It's like the Harvard of music, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, this movie goes to some very dark places and it's, it's, it almost uh, seems like a, a comedy though. 
Does it have comedic elements or not? N- not at all. No. no. Very dark. The whole movie is very dark. Just the poster is very bright and very. Uh, just like you saying that. Yeah, there's some very colorful lot. scenes. I will say that. Like, there's a lot of colorful. Uh, like saturated scenes and really good like nature shots and really good uh moody indoor shots i'd almost compare some of the indoor sequences to like a the the music studios or the music uh, school is kind of like a resident evil style mansion like an old mansion that's like very fancy and like has a lot of cool shots and cinematography and great performances the the two uh actresses playing the leads allison williams and logan browning are uh incredible incredible and i think that this movie i it would it's almost hard for me to sell you on it because if i told you why it's great it would ruin it but like i don't know it sounds like there's not a lot going on or you don't really know where the hell this is going without me saying that but I, i just it'd be hard for me to tell you a lot more without spoiling it um but just know that it's all tied together by the school. And it's there's some dark shit going down at that school, I'll put it that way. School's like a And it's a very feminist movie. Very feminist. It is very yeah, very feminist movie. It's very powerful and very uh I will say difficult to watch at times. And uh there is some sexual stuff in it that can be hard for some people to watch or maybe they don't want to watch it at all but i think if you're able to stomach kind of watching some of the tough moments then uh this is a powerful movie that's definitely worth watching and it's on netflix yeah they uh distributed it distributed it as well so it's on netflix it could be on Netflix for uh, as long as uh, you could be listening to this yeah. podcast five years from now, and uh, theoretically, and it's probably still on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this episode is timeless. <laughs> yeah, I really like this movie though, and it's something different. Like you don't see a lot of, I don't know, horror movies based in the music world a lot. Yeah, is, is the music like prominent in it? Like the, the... very much so. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of music scenes where they're playing the cello and where they're uh, uh the musical score is uh like. Orchestra, yeah orchestral. all orchestra yes exactly That's yes cool. and it all matches it it's great i mean it's well put together well acted and uh, the guy that directed it, richard shepherd i don't think i've seen anything else he did but this was great so i would definitely look up more of his projects from here on out i'll probably i'll check out some more stuff because this was fantastic i thought well i hope you're able to find something to watch here and uh I we're really excited. We got you know, like we said, we got some special guests coming next week, and uh, I guess to tease a little bit more, these two people have a film coming to Shutter uh, very very soon, and they're gonna come on here and they're gonna talk to us about this film. So we're both really excited and hoping it kind of leads to some more stuff, and and I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Me too, man. Me too.